You're listening to Podcasting Made Simple, where we deliver weekly masterclass episodes to help podcast hosts and podcast guests elevate their podcasting game. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Today's episode features audio from a session of the latest PodPros quarterly event. To learn more about the speaker in this episode, along with other helpful resources, including the video version of this episode and links to attend next quarter's event, please visit podpros.com slash 177. And now please enjoy today's episode. I want you to imagine that I've just handed you a bowl full of green grapes. There are maybe 30 or so green grapes in this bowl, and I've asked you to pick out the most green grape of them all. So you look at this bowl in front of you and you start picking through the grapes and you see that, okay, well, some are lighter than others, some are darker than others, they're, they're all green, some are bigger than others, some are smaller than others, but you have a really hard time saying, you know, which one of these is actually the greenest grape of them all. So I take the bowl back from you and I hand you another one that is nearly identical. And I say again, find me the greenest grape of the bunch. And you start going through this bowl again, sorting through the grapes. And again, the grapes seem all pretty much the same. They're, they're quite green. You know, there's the again, the light green, there's the dark green, there's large and small. But as you keep digging down to the bottom, you find that there's also actually this tiny little red grape. And you know that I've instructed you to find the greenest grape of all these grapes. And yet, now that you've seen this red grape, you just can't take your eyes off of it. No matter what you do as you sort through the bowl, this red grape just keeps coming into your vision and it becomes unavoidable. Essentially, this is the goal of differentiation. And when it comes to our podcasts, this is the best tool we have in order to grow. In a world with so much content that is sheer overwhelming, standing out is much more important and much more valuable to us, a much better path to growth than being better than any other show out there, than being more green per se. And so we as humans are really good at, or at least pretty good at distinguishing the differences between, you know, two different options in front of us, maybe three, maybe four. We can kind of compare these uh, different options and see, you know, which one is going to be the best fit. But when we're presented with more options than that, things become a lot more difficult. And what happens is instead they begin to all look kind of just pretty much the same and we tune out and move on without making any decision. And so this is called the paradox of choice. And essentially, you have probably experienced this if you've ever sat down for, at a Friday night to watch some Netflix and you start scrolling through Netflix, you wanna watch a movie, but 45 minutes later, you're just exhausted by all the choice, you haven't made any decision, you decide to shut off the TV and just go to bed. And this is exactly what is facing most podcast listeners today, is that there are so many shows out there, even within a single niche, that it becomes really, really hard to choose, you know, which one is going to be the best one for us. And so for us as podcast creators, the best tool we have in order to get people into our show versus all the others is obvious differentiation. And I say obvious because while our show might be differentiated, I mean, we are the ones hosting it, we are different people from all the other hosts of all the other shows, that needs to be obvious to the listeners who have never yet listened to a show. So they don't know who we are. They don't care about who we are until they actually start listening to the show and become a subscriber. But in order to get them to the show in the first place, our shows need to be obviously different on the outside. So that means our show packaging, the way we talk about it, the messaging, the cover art, everything needs to convey what we do differently 
than all the other shows out there. And so today we're going to talk about three levers in order to build out your show's differentiation strategy and set your show apart from all the other shows in your space. And so those levers are number one, onlyness, specifically crafting an onlyness statement. Number two is about positioning. And number three is about building a personal monopoly for yourself. So let's start with onlyness. Essentially, onlyness is kind of like what it sounds like. It is creating a show that is the one and only of its kind. And so this is something that, you know, again, while we all do have the one and only show of our, t- our kind, we are all unique hosts, we all have different guests, we often follow very similar frameworks and formulas to building those shows that make them blend in with the crowd. And so the most obvious one that comes to mind is, of course, the Expert Interview Podcast. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of these shows, uh, and they exist in every niche imaginable. If you look at your niche, I would guess, especially if you are already doing an expert interview show, I would guess you are not the only one doing that, that there are many other shows all interviewing guest experts on how to achieve whatever it is that you're helping your listeners achieve. And so this used to be, especially in the early years of podcasting, a great way to stand out. And there are still a lot of benefits to building a show like this. Probably you're actually able to get some initial traction as well, but the problem is most basic expert interview shows plateau. There's, they get to a point where maybe they have a few hundred downloads, maybe a couple thousand, but at that point it gets really hard to scale beyond that because there are just too many other shows. Many of them are extremely good. There's probably at least one large incumbent in every niche who might have the majority of the listeners. And you get to a point where it's like, well, as a listener, why wouldn't I just listen to that best one, the biggest one? Why would I listen to one of these other shows? And so that's where differentiation comes in and creating the only show of your kind of looking at, okay, maybe I'm going to interview guest experts still, but how can I make this entirely different and unique and in an obvious way from all the other guest interview shows that are out there? So there are three things that I think come into creating a one and only show. And there are probably more, but these are the three that I think are most important. And so the first one is the audience that you target. You've probably done some thinking about this already and are able to articulate that. Uh, that number two is the content that you cover. And then number three is the unique way in which you cover or present that content. And so that might be you have a unique method for walking people through that content to achieve that goal. Or maybe it's the unique way in which you present that content on the podcast. And so maybe you have a really unique way of taking your guest interview experts through the content. Maybe you don't do an interview show at all and you do a solo show, but in a unique format. There are a lot of options for how to get uh, creative and interesting with your presentation, not just with the content itself. We are well past the era where just picking an audience and content that you teach them is enough to stand out. Now we need to have a unique audience, unique content, and a unique way of presenting that content. And really, you know, probably one or two of these might be similar to other people out there, but the unique combination of the three of those needs to be, you know, something that solely you can own. So as you're thinking about these, these are the variables that we're going to plug into our onlyness statement. And an onlyness statement is kind of like what it sounds like. It's a single sentence that clearly conveys in a compelling way that your target listeners care about what makes your show different from all the other ones out there. And in fact, it's not just what makes your show different, it's what makes your show the one and only. And so an only in a statement kind of goes like this. You start off with your show name is the only podcast that, 
And here's where you put in what makes your show different from all the other ones out there. So your show name is the only podcast that, here goes your unique uh, differentiator, for, and then you insert your target audience who are looking to, and then what your target audience is trying to achieve. So your podcast name is the only podcast that, differentiator, for, target audience that are trying to achieve this, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And so probably there are other shows out there that address a similar audience who are trying to achieve the same thing. And so that third key component, what do you do differently from all those other shows that are serving that same audience trying to achieve the same thing? And this, uh, once you have crafted this, is your onlyness statement. Now, there is a bit of a catch here because a lot of times you are able to create a fantastic onlyness statement only to find that if you substituted one of your competitors' names in for your show name, it would still fit, which means that your show really isn't the only one. If you can just swap out the names and it still applies, that is the test that you know, okay, this only in a statement isn't actually accurate. And so you have two options when you get to this point. You can go back and you can recraft your only in a statement to you know, have a different differentiator in there, or probably the way that's going to be more effective is to go back and revisit the foundation of how you're structuring your show and creating a show that is actually truly a one and only, that actually has the differentiation built into it from the ground up. So this is onlyness, the first step here. And as you might imagine, in order to understand what makes us the one and only, we actually have to have a sense of how we relate to other shows that are out there. And this brings us to number two in our th of our three levers of differentiation, which is positioning. And so essentially positioning is looking at where your show stands in relation to all the other shows that are out there. So it's a relative kind of measurement tool. And the easiest way to think about this is thinking about two opposing variables. And it's important when doing a positioning exercise that neither of these variables should be inherently bad or good. They are only different preferences for different people. So for example, some people think the perfect length of a podcast that they wanna to listen to is 15 minutes. Other people think it might be an hour, and still other people might love three hour long episodes. None of these is, exact, is inherently right or wrong. They are all just different preferences for different people. And so we can use positioning to map out on this continuum, where do the other shows in our niche lie? And are there any gaps that aren't being addressed? Ideally, if we can find a gap that is at the far edge of this continuum, that's a great place to start building our audience. So if you, map out all the shows in your niche and you see that all the shows there are in the 60 minute range and maybe there's only one or two other shows that are in the 15 minute range, all of a sudden you found this fertile ground where you, it's much easier to compete there, where you're one of only two or three shows, maybe you're the only show who is offering a 15 minute or less episode. And so that is one kind of example of positioning. Now, things get really interesting when you start to add an additional axis. So we've got our x-axis x uh, where we have one set of variables, opposing variables, and then we add a y-axis as well. And we put another set of opposing variables on there. And again, none of these variables are inherently good or bad. They are just different preferences. Now, once we have these two axes, we have four quadrants and it begins to open up more choice and we can see where more clusters are and where there's more open space and we can lean into these. 
And essentially, uh, positioning, I would typically recommend running this exercise, you know, doing it with your four variables, then swapping variables and running this through this exercise a number of times to try and find where are the clusters and where are the gaps. And sometimes the clusters are for very obvious reasons, like it doesn't make sense to actually make a show that is opposite to these. And it, you may come across those in running this. And so you can gain some insight through positioning exercises as to, you know, what works for shows, but also where there are gaps where nobody is addressing a certain audience who may actually want this thing that nobody is doing. And so this allows you to get that on paper and actually look at, okay, where are the big opportunities here within this niche? What has everyone else overlooked or ignored? And a lot of times if you see clusters, it's not because necessarily that's the best way to do it. It's because there was somebody who had a popular show there and then everybody copied them and tried to re recreate the same show. Getting creative is where uh, you're actually going to have a lot better chance of standing out and differentiating yourself and going against the grain is a necessary part of that. And so when I think about positioning, I think that this is one of the biggest advantages that the underdog has. And so you look at almost any company that grows and builds out, builds out this fantastic you know, feature set or whatever it is, uh, this huge audience. Sooner or later, an incumbent will come along and try to do the opposite and they will position themselves. They'll pick something that, you know, might be the right thing for some people that that huge company has. But they'll say, you know, that's actually a bad thing. And here's why this thing that we are leaning into where we are positioning ourselves is a good thing. And so you look at a lot of social media companies right now are positioning themselves in opposition to Facebook and many of the social media companies saying, you know, privacy is our thing. We don't care about all that other stuff, but this is the most secure messaging app or social media network where we take your privacy seriously. That is a positioning play against Facebook and Google and some of these other companies who have become synonymous with, you know, sharing your, your personal information. That is positioning at work. We could also look at a different example. Let's say you're looking to buy a ceramic mug for yourself. And on the one option, you've got Walmart. They offer maybe a $5 ceramic mug and you do all your shopping there already, you're already going to the, the, the store there, so you have to do less driving as going somewhere else. So you can pick up that ceramic mug for $5, it's cheap, it's convenient, it's easy, and you don't really care much about you know, the personalization or having the one and only ceramic mug. And so that is a great option for some people. Then on the other side, you've got a local maker who maybe sells a $50 ceramic mug. And so the cost is 10 times more and it might be more inconvenient. You have to go out of your way to go uh, meet this person to pick up the mug. But this is a unique, personalized, one and only mug that you're, you're able to get. And you really appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into it. And you want to support a local maker and keep your money going back into the local economy. Neither of these choices is inherently right or wrong. They are different choices for different people. And either, either one of them can be good. And so this is how to think about positioning for your show. And again, this is, I think, really the biggest tool of the underdog. It allows you to present your strengths um, in relation to your competitors. You can kind of put their strengths and show how those are weaknesses compared to yours. And it also allows you to kind of spin some of your weaknesses or things that you might perceive to be weaknesses to actually lean into them and say, actually, this is why this is a good thing and present it as a strength. And so this is really about actively choosing how you are going to be different from everyone else out there and leaning into it at every single chance you get. So uh, onlyness and positioning, these are two traits that I think are two levers of differentiation that I think matter a lot when it comes to standing out in the short term. 
as well as in the long term. But these are going to be some of the, the easiest wins that you can do, although they may require some restructuring of your show, your messaging. They kind of do you know, have far reaching effects into everything that you're doing and they should. Um, but once you're able to sort those out, these are immediately going to result in more attention, more people who spot your show and it stands out among all the other shows out there. The third lever we're going to talk about, which is a personal monopoly, is something that might not pay off so much in the short term, but is going to have massive benefits in the long term. And so the personal monopoly is an idea from a guy named David Perel, who teaches writing, uh, specifically writing online. And much like podcasters, uh, writers have a hard time standing out and building a brand for themselves. And so his idea around a personal monopoly is that this is the unique intersection of skills and interests and personality traits and beliefs that come together to make you the go-to thinker on a given topic. And so this is something that probably you're not going to become the go-to thinker on a given topic today or this month or perhaps this year. But as you keep leaning into this personal monopoly over time, you are going to become again, that one and only the people that the, the person that people seek out when they're interested in learning about, you know, whatever it is that your topic is. And David goes on to say that this personal monopoly should be based in your inherent interests, not in what you think the world wants from you. And I think that this is a thing that us as creators, we struggle with constantly, that we want to do something, but we hear, oh, we should just, you know, go check, you know, we hear so much advice about what is your audience? What are they already wanting to consume? Look at the Google Trends data, look at the search volume and, you know, just create those things. And those things might not be what we actively want to create. And this is a lot of times where content feels frustrating and annoying. And it feels like we're not actually doing anything creative. We're not doing what we want to do. And these tactics can be helpful, especially when you're starting out to gain some of that initial traction. But long term, they're just going to lead to a plateau. And at some point, if we want to become known and build a brand around ourselves, we have to bring something new. And the best way to do this, the best way to build your personal monopoly is often to smash together two or more ideas that haven't really been paired together before. And so for me, Personally, uh, I write a newsletter called Creative Wayfinding, and I kind of unintentionally did this where it's kind of looking at, you know, how do we create and market work that, you know, builds an audience, but it also brings together this theme of adventuring and traveling and journeying. And there's a lot of these metaphors that are pulled together in what I write about, where it's about, okay, how can we apply uh, the lessons that we learn from navigating the physical world around us to the creative journey? And this is something that I stumbled into, but I realized in going back through David Perel's work that, oh, I've kind of done this as well. And this brand creative wayfinding has become something that there isn't really anything else out there like it. And so this is the challenge for you as well, is to take your core topic and then look at what other interests do you have, things from your backstory, from your life, things that you just love spending time thinking about. How can you apply those and smash them together in a way that is compelling to other people? And a beautiful thing starts to happen as you find that personal monopoly and lean into it is that over time, really all sense of competition disappears because you have now combined these two topics that no one else is even thinking about combining. It doesn't really make sense to them because these things come from your personal interests and life experiences and are something that, you know, you is just entirely unique to you. And so one of the huge benefits of this is that the feeling of competition dies away. And when the feeling of competition dies away, it opens you up to a lot more collaboration because you know that nobody else can possibly create the thing that you are creating. And this is a hugely empowering place to be. And so that is one of the huge benefits of creating a personal monopoly. 
So those are the three levers of creating a differentiation strategy, the three levers to pull to get started. Again, that is first coming up with an onlyness statement and thinking about onlyness as a concept. You know, how can you create the show that truly is the one and only in a way that is compelling and obvious to people before they ever listen to your show? Number two is positioning, looking to find an edge to push to or push back on a trend that is uh, maybe, you know, something that the majority of shows in your niche are kind of catering to. How can you position yourself in a way to stand out that way? And then number three is the personal monopoly and looking for those ways um, or those interests that you can smash together and, uh, and create something that nobody else will ever be able to possibly create. So the final thing I want to share about differentiation here is that differentiation is an active choice. It requires you to continually on a daily basis, continue to lean further and further and further into those differentiators. Differentiation doesn't work when you lean a little bit in and then pull back to the center. And there's always going to be that appeal, that uh, gravity to pull to the center because that's where most of the people are right now. But it's almost impossible to actually build an audience by appealing to the center initially. Over time, like I mentioned with positioning, if you start at the edge, build up a passionate group of fans, somebody else will come along and push even further to the edge past you. And so you can choose to then lean in equally far out to that edge and stay out at the fringes or potentially as the thing you've been doing gains momentum and popularity, you'll actually be able to appeal to more and more people in the mainstream. So positioning, differentiation, uh, all of these things are a hugely important part of growing a podcast in 2022 that is so overflowing with new ideas and so many interesting ideas and highly produced shows, great content, both from indie creators as well as big media companies and networks. But differentiation for us as indie creators is, I believe, the single best way to stand out, to be that red grape in amongst all of those larger green grapes, but the one that people can't take their eye off of. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcasting Made Simple. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please share a screenshot or picture of yourself listening to it on social media. Be sure to tag us so we can follow you and also reshare it. Additionally, if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this as well, please send it their way. For show notes and resources from this episode, please visit podpros.com slash 177. Thank you again for listening and I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week.